This program contains adult content. Is there a God? A big atheist. Really? What, am I an idiot? Come on. That yes, it would be nice if you could throw your sins and your responsibilities on someone else. But it's not true. It looks like far left lunacy. I don't believe that it's true that religion is moral or ethical. You don't need to follow anybody! It's not human intelligence! If someone doesn't value logical consistency, what logical argument are you going to give them that will demonstrate that they should? Hello and welcome to the Godless Revolution. Today is Friday, November 5th. This is episode 357. My name is Dan Ellis and I'm joined by remote connection by two awesome co-hosts, Mr. Ryan Duffy. Oh, I'm included in that. Thank you. And Mr. Taylor Grin. Oh, shit. Me too. Woo! All right. Right, uh, so it was two other guys. Unionize. <laughs> <laughs> we are going to. Uh, it's been a fairly eventful week in the news. A lot of crazy news. Uh, a lot of yeah, a lot of weird crazy news. And as we are speaking, they are talking about uh, trying to vote on the bipartisan infrastructure plan in the House of Representatives. So we'll have to see how that goes. Typically, Nancy Pelosi doesn't bring anything to the floor unless she thinks she has the votes for it. She yeah. said that I, I watched part of her little announcement and she said that uh, she has many, many progressives who are going to vote for it. I don't know what that means necessarily. Um, but well, I know my infrastructure stocks jumped 2% today. Oh, uh, yeah. And they have been lagging quite a bit lately. Yeah. So... That's a good sign. The reason why I got into a bunch of infrastructure stocks was hoping that this infrastructure bill would help them mm-hmm. out. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, what's I feel ha- dumb for not doing that now. What's What's been happening <laughs> with you guys over the last week? Let's start with uh, you, Ryan. Oh, I've been I've been building mm-hmm. the coolest puzzle box ever. I'm just going to say it's the coolest ever. It's not done yet. <laughs> uh, but in a weird way. Uh, I don't know if this is some kind of talent of mine. I built the whole thing in my head Mm -hmm. and I've been building it backwards. So I have not written a single thing out on a piece of paper yet. Mm -hmm. And I designed a lock. Actually the lock mechanism took me two days to fucking design a lock mechanism with four different ciphers in it that will unlock the box at the end. So I, I came up with the ending and I've worked my way back to the beginning Mm-hmm. And it's just been building it all out of my brain, out of a couple of ideas I had sitting there, and I think it's coming out really fucking neat. Yeah, so you posted a picture a little bit, not too long ago, that looked very nice. Yeah, the the pirate ship on top. So I, I've given it a pirate theme, mm-hmm. and also I've given it a little bit of a princess bride theme. Mm. Okay. Fun, fun, fun. Just that came up last night when I was trying to think of the riddle to put inside. I'm like, Ooh, dread pirate Roberts. <laughs> Let's do it. Now is this uh, is this something that you're doing as a passion project or is this for someone? This is just a passion. Like I've been wanting to build uh, a puzzle box. So I just kind of went and actually bought some cheap pine. So I didn't put a whole lot of money into the materials. It's more mm-hmm. about putting a lot of time into the idea behind it and the thinking behind it, but I'm going to make it look nicer than just pine uh, by mm-hmm. using different stains and kind of aging it and doing some different wood burns on the outside of it. So it'll look ornate. And I mean, it's got, well, it's got some pine, it's got some cherry feature pieces in it and stuff, but uh, 
it's more of trying to figure out the mechanisms to make it work to be able to lead you down a path from one point to another point to another point to finally be able to open up the, uh, the treasure at the end and to make it so okay. it's not so fucking easy. It's like, Oh, I got the answer to this where you have to physically find all the pieces in order to actually solve it. Hmm. Well, that's cool and fun. So fun, fun. And uh, what's up with you, Mr. Grin? Oh man, I um I've been spending all of my evenings doing this uh um very it exists training for a service management certification called ITIL mm-hmm. and it has been a training. It has yeah, yep. Um and then <laughs> <laughs> apart from Yay. apart from staying up until almost midnight doing those uh uh classes that I've been doing um I uh I got followed on Twitter by David Newart, who has written like several books on like my field that I study. So nah. that was really fucking cool. Oh nice. Um <laughs> yeah, I ended up making like a like an offhanded comment on something that like Robert Evans retweeted and I ended up getting picked up by like kind of a big time author. And it was really weird. Like it was a lot of fun though. Um we were talking about um like the original post was something along the lines of why, um, what are we going to do about the fact that one of the political parties just makes bullshit up all the time? Mm-hmm. Um, and no one can seem to find a way to defeat that. And, and my response that generated the, the conversation was, well, yeah, because for some reason, like journalists and politicians are so afraid to use swear words that they won't call what Republicans do what it is, which is bullshit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and like Henry Frankfurt wrote a whole ass like book on the phenomenon of bullshit and how it's different from lying because while lying is trying to avoid the truth, bullshit doesn't care about what the truth is. Oh yeah. And yeah. And like that, that whole thing ended up getting picked up and it really made me think of like all of the times uh, like we, we watch Rachel Maddow, right? You and I, Dan. Yeah. And like every single fucking time that she wants to use the phrase bullshit, she distracts so much from the bullshit thing by stumbling over the word bullpucky, like a third grader who's chuckling to herself <laughs> about like, oh, it's a bad word I'm trying not to say. And it's like, just say the fucking bad word. Well, uh-huh. she's uh-huh. also got the F- FCC to deal with. You well, can no, say I bullshit. Know, but even then, even oh, then she could be like, yeah. huh? Yeah, she could say, say bullshit on. Yeah, she could say bullshit yeah. on MSNBC. Absolutely. Oh no, she just elects not to. And, yeah. and like, okay. even if she couldn't say bullshit, she could avoid using the word bullshit by saying like BS or something like that, and not instead infantilizing it by like pretending that the word is naughty and that she's like, you know, being careful about not yeah. saying the thing. Like, just be an adult. Like, mm. I don't understand why it's so hard to just be an adult and use the phrase bullshit. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, it's and the word cunt. Come on. (laughs) I think she might get in trouble for that one. Yeah. (laughs) But but as far as I know, bullshit is perfectly fine. Like you can say shit, Mm -hmm. bitch, damn hell, goddamn all like there's a bunch of swears Mm -hmm. you can say on on TV now. Well, that's where I found it funny where you can say like bullshit, but you can't say dick. Mm hmm. Yeah. Well, it depends on context for dick, I think. It does. I think because I've seen shows where they bleep dick, but someone said shit. And I'm like, they can say shit, but they can't say dick. (laughs) I always find it funny where it's censored in um, 
in written media, they'll censor asshole, but they won't censor anything with the word ass. They censor the word hole. Yeah. <laughs> and, and the really funny thing is almost always they'll censor the word asshole by changing the O to an asterisk, which just makes me think of like the pucker factor. And I almost wonder if that isn't intentional. <laughs> so you know exactly what they're talking about. <laughs> oh my God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's I don't I don't understand why people are so caught up about using, you know, adult language or bad language or swears or curses or whatever they want to call it. You know, mm -hmm. it's it's they say it's not polite, it's profane, it's you know, it's gonna shut people down and it's like, well then those people just need to grow the fuck up. Like if they can't participate in adult discourse, then don't participate in adult discourse because adults fucking use a whole bunch of terms. Yeah. It's and and then they'll say, well, it's a sign of low intelligence or you know Access low culture. Yeah, absolutely, it it is. I mean, they've there's there's been all kinds of reporting about the people who use coarse or profane or swears or you know however you want to phrase it, who the, use it colorfully. Yeah, that that as they as they you know scatter these words about through their language that vernacular. Yeah, usually those mm -hmm. people are are above intelligence or above average intelligence have higher IQs and they, I mean, they use the words for emphasis. It's, and it's, it's a sound that you make with your goddamn mouth. It's yeah. not like, it's so fucking stupid. Like it, people think that it has this special power to somehow harm somebody just because of this sound that you've made with your mouth that is different from other sounds. It's no different. Mm -hmm. It's just how you interpret it, right? It, it's how you receive it. And if you can't, if you're so delicate that you can't receive these words because they sound bad to you, then I don't know what else to tell you. Then grow the fuck up because it's just yeah. language. It's yeah. not, yep. it's not often, you know, I mean, we curse a lot on the fucking show, right? And oh, it's, fuck yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's all the fucking time. It's typically not to harm anybody. It's because it's a sound that we make with our fucking mouth, man. Mm -hmm. Well, and, and the thing that drives me wild is like, how stupid the holdovers even are. Like, mm. it's a thing that I, I key in on a lot. Is it like, like you use the word profane, right? Just now. Mm -hmm. But like, like, there's actually three different types of like bad words, mm -hmm. right? Is, is there's profane, vulgar, and obscene, right? And, and that which is profane is that which is specifically blasphemy, right? So like, goddamn, right? Mm -hmm. Would be a profanity. Whereas something that's vulgar is something that's like low class, right? Um, which would be like your, gosh, I'm trying to think like bastard, for example, Shit. right? But but then you've got obscene. Well, no, because then you've got obscene, and uh. obscene is anything that's dirty, and that's where you get into your like fuck sucker shit, yeah, like <laughs> ass, you know that kind of thing. And so it's wild to me. Like those are the three different varieties, genres, if you will, of of like. Uh, inappropriate words, so to speak. Mm. And I think that like originally it must have been the case that, that like upper class people didn't want to use vulgar words, you know, like you don't say ass cause that's what those pores use. Right. <laughs> and nobody wanted to say anything that was profane because the priest will fucking kill him. Right. <laughs> and now like that's all just kind of gotten blended together and nobody really knows why anymore. They were offended by the shit in the first place. Cause nobody's been fucking burnt at the stake for 200 years in America, but Still, they act like it's some goddamn travesty anytime somebody says fuck her ass. So, 
Like lately, I've been wearing a t-shirt that says fuck cancer on it. Hashtag fuck cancer. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was one I bought from a charity uh, for childhood uh, cancer from the Aussie guy, the guy that makes all the funny Aussie videos. Mm-hmm. Nice. And uh, I haven't had a word said to me wearing that shirt. Mm-hmm. Even though it says boldly right across the chest, fuck cancer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I've had people stop me when wearing a satanic temple t-shirt. <laughs> that doesn't huh, have any strange, words on it weird. just like a pentagram with the goat's head and horns on it and I'll get stopped mm-hmm. what do they say to you about the satanic shirt well sometimes they ask me like well what does that mean and I'll tell them I'm like it's from the satanic temple like oh oh you're one of those people and I did have one time where it was funny where I had some Mormons come to my door and I was actually wearing a satanic temple t-shirt and they're like well what do you believe in and I'm like well I'm an atheist and I'm like, do you not see the shirt I'm wearing? They're like, well, what does that symbol mean? I'm like, it's a fucking pentagram with a fucking <laughs> sheep head and horns in it. I'm like, what the fuck do you think it is? <laughs> Haven't they taught you this shit in your fucking seminary? What is this, 60 minutes? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, it's silly to me that the people get so bent out of shape. About yeah. stupid stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I... I just, I've never understood it. And especially when, you know, words from other languages, well, I would say, especially when they use substitute words to, to convey the same meaning, it just sounds different. So Mm -hmm. if you mean the same thing, what difference does it make? Whether it sounds different or not, like you mean, like when you say, oh, you know, that guy's, that guy's a real flipping fetcher. (laughs) Like, (laughs) Like in Utah, that's that guy's a real fucking fucker. Like I, I don't yeah. like that guy. You mean the same Damn, thing? There it just are sounds different. That put string around an entire neighborhood so they're not technically going outside on the Sabbath. Like <laughs> true. The, the people who think the least of God are people who worship gods. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I the string thing is funny, but I think it's even funnier when they make a device that pushes a button for them. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> It's like mm-hmm. you're still pushing. You're you're you basically rude Goldberg your whole fucking house to do shit on yeah. Sundays <laughs> because apparently your god is a T Rex and his like vision is based on movement. <laughs> <laughs> it's like fucking soaking. You know? oh. Oh, you're not having sex because you're not well, moving mm-hmm. and then jumping, which I that's yep. just okay. We talked about that a few weeks ago, but I mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. yeah. Well, we've got more fun things to talk about, and we will do that on the other side of this little break. This is Phil Ferguson of the cleverly titled The Phil Ferguson Show, and thank God you're listening to The Godless Revolution. About a bowl of chili. Hot one. Be right there. And Christ will be a woman in a man's body with seven heads and seven tails. Ain't that to go. Thank you to everybody who has rated the show on iTunes and Stitcher and are following us on YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. And to all our Patreon patrons, you make the show possible. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, so let's go, Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I hate that. that was um, <laughs> why are you like this? Um, all right. So you may have heard the stupid ass shit recently. Um where conservatives are starting to say, let's go, Brandon. Mm-hmm. Um, and if Just you're like me and you don't w- consume any sort of con- uh, conservative media, bleh, um, you might have no idea what the fuck this means. Um, mm-hmm. So they've developed another cutesy little right-wing shibboleth 
Um, on the 2nd of October, an NBC interviewer was uh, interviewing a NASCAR driver named Brandon, and the crowd was shouting, fuck Joe Biden in the background. Um, and because, as we were saying before, like journalists are terrified of swear words whenever they occur, she yes. <laughs> uh, tried to insist that the crowd was saying, let's go, Brandon, when it was super obvious that they were shouting, fuck Joe Biden. Mm-hmm. Um which has led Republicans, uh, you know, from the level of some asshole in my town um, up to like Senator Ted Cruz to do things like wear T-shirts and post signs and shit like that that say, let's go, Brandon, as their way of saying, fuck Joe Biden to other yeah. members of their base. Um, and, which, and once again, I think this was an FCC type thing. Maybe, she, but even well, then, no, like she, she doesn't have to try to excuse it away. Saying, yeah. well, she well, she doesn't obviously. She doesn't have to try to excuse it away. Like all she can, all she has to do is say, "Yeah, I apologize for the background noise. That's beyond my control. I don't have to try to make right. some shit up on the spot." Well, I mean, it's not the it, first it appears time the crowd is shouting obscenities. Yeah, so, yeah, it's it's yeah. not the first time you've seen someone on, like a reporter on air, especially for like. You know, sports type things where the crowd is screaming one thing. They're like, "Ah, oh, let's ignore that. And let's just say they're saying this. Yay. Happy. Mm-hmm. Hell, I mean, there are whole YouTube channels that. dedicated just to like people flashing the camera when it's like following sports games. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, this kind of shit happens all the time. Yeah. Um. So, so what I wanted to talk about is like how the right does these shibboleths and like, I don't know, like where they're probably coming from with these and, and why it happens. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm, I'm sure you guys remember like the basket of deplorables thing. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Um, you know, or the, uh, the okay hand gesture, right. I'm sure you guys remember that as well. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Any, any others that immediately come to mind for you guys? Oh, uh, the right's done sh- shit like this before. Well, the okay hand gesture is probably the, biggest one that comes to mind because everyone was trying to excuse it. Like, they're just saying, okay. Like, no, they're saying white power, motherfucker. They're trying to hide mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so this kind of falls into like a, a fascist playbook tool. Um, they do this thing that's like strategic sarcasm where they'll say a thing that like you can create a plausible ish story as to how the thing is, you know, quote fingers harmless, but really isn't. Um, so anytime they get challenged on it, they'll say, oh, you're just, you're just a triggered lib. Like you're trying to make this into an issue when it's really not an issue. You're reading too Um, much into it. That wasn't what I meant at all. What I actually meant was this, like it's, it's a plausible deniability kind of thing Mm -hmm. also. Yeah. Yeah. And then you'll get, you know, people like Kyle Rittenhouse hanging out with proud boys at the bar, throwing up the okay hands gesture. Mm -hmm. And it's very clear what he's doing there. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Um, another really big one on this was the, like, it's okay to be white, uh, campaign that, uh, gosh, who was the organization that did it? It was one of the, um, I think it might've been the daily stormer that started it, but it's, it was another white supremacist thing, right? Where they were trying to get liberals to say that it's, you know, the opposite, that it's not okay to be white when that wasn't like the real goal, you know, the, the goal mm-hmm. was to try and make it so that there was no win situation for, for mm-hmm. people on the left. Right. right. Yeah, it's um, it's monkeying around and playing with language and symbol and symbols to provide cover for being an awful human being. Yeah, what's yeah. what's what's the Star Trek term for it? I know you know it, Taylor. No, I don't watch Star Trek. Ah, uh, the no win situation in Star Trek. I can't remember oh, the, the Kobayashi Maru yes. or something like that. Kobayashi, yeah, Kobayashi Maru. Maru. Yeah, 
Yeah. Yeah. I didn't want to say because I knew I was going to butcher it. (laughs) Yeah, me too. I've I've seen zero episodes of Star Trek all the way through. Mm. I've watched, I I went back, started watching the seasons and realized when I was younger, I was like, I don't know why I ragged on Star Trek. I actually kind of enjoy this. From what I hear, like Gene Roddenberry is a humanist and it's a really good show. I've just never been inclined to watch. Mm. So, yeah. Um, Heretic. I, I get it. I like. I mean, I didn't watch Breaking Bad until like two years after it oh. had finished. So yeah, yeah. I, I'm just very slow to pick up like fiction media mm-hmm. and and actually catch up. And I'm al- I'm almost always behind trends, cultural trends on that. Just like Utah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe it has something or, to do with your upbringing or, or Germany, right? <laughs> Obsessed with David Hasselhoff in the 2000s. Um, God. So another another strategic irony campaign that the uh, that members of the right engaged in was the uh, super straight campaign, which I feel a lot more comfortable talking about now that it has failed thoroughly. We alluded to it, uh, you know, some episodes back in the summer, um, which is where some fascists on 4chan um, wanted to try and divide LGBT folks by splitting the LGB and the T. Um, by creating like bad faith accounts online, describing themselves as so-called super straights, which were individuals who are cis and are only attracted to cis people. Mm-hmm. Um, and for those of you listening who aren't in the know, a cisgender person is a person who identifies as the gender they were assigned at birth. Um, so they were trying to make the claim that they are like, victims of of their like sexual orientation by being forced to be attracted to trans people when they were not um yeah. and and they're trying to like create a burden out of whole cloth and then shift that burden to trans people by making the like accusation that trans acceptance includes mandatory attraction towards individual trans individuals or like trans people as a whole mm-hmm. um which is ridiculous and nobody who, you know, advocates sex positivity would do such a thing, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, the problem is, is that like people found screenshots of the literal planning meetings that were going on in 4chan and 8chan and posted those to certain reddits. And so the shit got taken down super fast. Um, God, but like shit. more than anything, that's, oh, just sorry, so, that's just so frustrating. Like why, why are they devoting so much of their fucking time to dehumanizing and putting putting people in danger who are, who are such a tiny minority of people in the first place who aren't seeking to do anybody else harm they're just trying to fucking live their life man one of the one of the core tenets of fascism um, is that you need to find an enemy who you can accuse of being both strong and weak and it really helps if that enemy is weak. So like if you think of Nazi Germany, right, they selected Jews as their primary political opponent in addition to socialists because Jews and socialists had very little, if any, political power. Mm -hmm. So they could argue that like Jewish folks and, and socialists were like cunning manipulators behind the scenes and were actually the ones responsible for turning the wheels of government. Um, and that's why they needed to be like defeated. Well, at the same time, those groups had no means to, to turn the wheels of governance and were constantly victimized. Um, 
which meant that they had a villain that they could point to who had no power to fight back, but could be the target of hatred. And that drives votes. Okay. Right. And and we're seeing the same thing happening with like critical race theory and BLM and all that kind of shit. Like and the caravan of the, Yeah, the caravan of immigrants yeah. who are going to sneak into our country and sell drugs and rape women and take your jobs. Right. So you well, point I mean, towards black people or, or gay people or trans people or whatever your you know, your uh uh desire target group is, right? Your scapegoat group is mm-hmm. and um uh, you you make them your villain, and they're powerless to fight you back because they themselves are victims. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've I've seen I know conservative people who've fallen into this trap, whether they, you know, say stuff like the the American way is now gone. We need to bring back what America really means. You know, men aren't being men anymore. It's like, <sighs> like we need to take back our freedoms and stuff. It's like, okay, obviously in that you know, line of thought, you're saying that since there's gay men, trans men, you know, people Mm -hmm. that act more effeminate, who are more emotional, that that Mm -hmm. is deteriorating the uh, American way of life and your freedoms. But at the same hand, it's like, how? Mm -hmm. Well, it's one thing I've noticed. You just don't want them to be them. One thing I've noticed and it's only really happened in the last few years is that um, amongst my most closely knit group of friends, um, and this has kind of emerged out of nowhere, like I can't point to a particular impetus for this, but we've started ending conversations by saying, I love you, Mm -hmm. right? In in the same way that you would to like a brother or a parent when you're ending a phone call. Mm -hmm. And, And because amongst my close knit group of friends, like we are, like we are each other's family, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so for us, it, it has become a natural thing. But being able to express that affection um, has enhanced our friendships, right? Being mm-hmm. able to bluntly say that, like, you are an important person to me, I love you, um, has has made it, I don't know, like like a better friendship because we can express emotion in a way that, like, you would get your ass kicked, you know, 10, 20 yeah. years ago. Well, well you, I mean, you're opening and yourself before. up and making yourself more vulnerable because you trust that person and yeah. you're, you're, you're displaying that sense of trust and that feeling of trust and, and are hoping mm-hmm. that it's mutual putting yourself out there. So yeah, it's, it's bound to increase that bond. Yeah. But I, I think with the conservatives though, also it's, if you take away empathy and affection, you take away the need to want to care about others. Mm-hmm. Like, Hey, Oh Yeah. So basically going with the whole line of thought of, well, if we, someone needs help and we got all these social programs, I mean, if you're, mm-hmm. you kind of need to be empathetic towards other people and have a little bit more emotional in the game, but they say, nope, get rid of that shit. These people, yep. you know, they can make it on their own. Don't fucking help anybody out. You know, that's the American way. It's like, no. Yeah. These people Which, are fucked. It's, gosh, I'm, I'm going to butcher the quote, but it's it's like, it's just a fucking Facebook thing. So uh, it doesn't really matter. But somebody was pointing <laughs> out how like they're raised Christian, right? And they were like, yeah, for 18 years, I was raised Christian. And like the whole model is, is Jesus helping the poor and healing the sick and like distributing loaves of bread and fish and shit like that. Um, and then like one day they turn around and the person who says they're Christian is like, fuck no, we can't give medical coverage and, and homes to the homeless, mm-hmm. uh, because they're not working hard enough. And yeah. you know, it's unchristian to do that. And it's like, what the fuck just happened? Um, 
The other thing too is it allows them to like identify each other. I've I've been using the word shibboleth and and just as a review, shibboleth, um, the word comes from the Bible. Uh, it comes from some story in the Bible. I can never remember the biblical story, um, but the really good one that I like to remember is that the um, the Dutch and the Germans would pronounce a certain word very differently uh, during the First World War, and so when trying to like pick out spies. Uh, the allied forces would ask them to say that particular word, hmm. which like because of accents and whatnot is, yeah. is basically like impossible to say one way or the other if you've been raised saying it the one way or the other, right? Like a native speaker basically can't adjust their way of speaking for it. Mm-hmm. It was um, like how we would get Iraqis to try to say purple. Mm, we don't have a okay. puh. There's no puh sound in their mm-hmm. vocabulary. So they would say purple. Okay. Okay. Or purple. Yeah. You can say purple. I dig it. I dig it. Um, and, and that's that kind of thing, that kind of linguistic test is referred to as a shibboleth, right? Um, it's some sort of like culturally inherent, um, you know, signifier that you mm-hmm. can use to determine whether or not somebody is in an in group or an out group, right? Um, and that's the other importance of things like the it's okay to be white or the okay hand gesture or the, um, you know, basket of deplorables or super straight, all of these things are also meant to be shibboleths in the sense that they create these culturally unique signs within their own in-group and then use the reaction of an individual to that sign in order to determine their membership in the group. And it, it's done in a way um, that like basically has non, um, oh gosh, what's, what's the word I'm looking for here? Um, Oh, this is terrible for for radio for me to have this long silence. It's um, <laughs> time. it's it's, it's kind of like non-committal, right? Um, so so in flirting, right? Like when you're flirting with someone, you always want to leave an out, right? So if you if you like you know, you're testing you're the waters in someone, yeah, yeah, you always want to make sure that you can be like, oh no, I was just joking, or like, oh that would be weird, right? Like. Like it's the same kind of thing with how these shibboleths work so that if you can use a phrase that if the person has no idea what the fuck that you're talking about, you can just kind of back it off um, without looking like you've just tried to test their social proof, right? Um, And I feel really bad. I can't think of the the term for that word, but anyway, it's the same thing, right? So if, if a conservative says, let's go Brandon, and you look at them like, what the fuck are you talking about who's Brandon? they can just go on with their life and continue the conversation and be like, Oh, it's just a thing online. Right. Mm. And, and at that point they haven't outed themselves as like an extreme conservative. Um, and they don't have to deal with explaining their stupid ass meme to a normie. Right. Mm. Well, I would think that if someone says, let's go Brandon to me, my appropriate response would be fuck Trump. Right. <laughs> and, and that's the other thing is now they're going to say, Whoa, now I was just, trying to support this guy, Brandon, and you're getting all aggressive. Like I wouldn't say the word fuck. And that, that leads me into my other thing is that conservatives, you know, depending on their level of savvy, um, either don't know or deny knowing that the problem with fuck Trump isn't the fuck it's the Trump. Uh Right. Um, conservatives engage in that same sort of like self infantilization, the same reason why they like try to make people uh, not have sex before marriage and like all their other bullshit that they do. Um, you know, that they think that gay people kissing is bad or that like pretending sex is good is, you know, good. Like your fucking Ben Shapiro wet ass pussy shit. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So when they hear liberals say things like fuck Trump, they get angry about the fuck part, right? And mm. and they seem to think that like we would get angry if they were to say fuck Joe Biden, not because of the like Joe Biden part, but because of the fuck part, right? Mm-hmm. When people say fuck Trump, they're saying it because fuck his policies, fuck his nepotism, uh, fuck his racism, not, you know, like fuck him and fuck, fuck that anyone. Egotistical right? fucking asshole. Right. Uh, so they think that they're like getting away with it by not using the fuck word um, in the same way that Mormons will say fetch. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, it, it always, it always has felt to me like it's just another form of control over people, right? It's, it's mm-hmm. that we're going to control what you think, what you eat, what you do, who you fuck, what you say, everything. It's just another form of control that, oh, well, you know, this is a bad thing and I really shouldn't be saying it, but I'm going to anyway. And that feels so naughty. Mm-hmm. Like it is, it is very, like it's a little secret. Child. It's really, it's fucking childish. It's childish mm-hmm. and stupid, but, they've lived their lives being treated like fucking children who need to have every aspect of their life controlled because, right. <laughs> because of their religious beliefs or conservative beliefs or ideals. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, it's yet another roadblock to being targeted by a serious conversation. So when they say, let's go Brandon, right? Anyone who wants to challenge them is going to have to get through the initial bullshit of explaining what the fuck that means before they can even start saying, all right, now, if you're saying fuck Biden, like what exactly has he done that's harmed you, right? Mm. Uh, Increased your, your COVID. um, Show me on the doll where Biden has hurt you. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Right. Um, But instead you have to spend, you know, half an hour explaining what the fuck this dumb shit is to your audience, right? Before you engage with the conservative argument itself, which means you've already lost because you're not trying to convince the person who's spouting conservative bullshit. You're trying to convince the people who are watching you, right? Mm -hmm. So this, this has been another chapter in the how to engage with dumb math conservatives. um, (laughs) Part two of, I don't know. Um, 500,000. Thank thank you for joining me. (laughs) This is Nick Fish, president of American Atheists. Uh, you can learn more about our work at www.atheists.org, and you're listening to The Godless Revolution. We common sense folk need to stick together. We do! We're all walking on eggshells. And over what? Words? Exactly! Words! They're just words! We have to examine the intent behind them! It's like we can't say anything anymore. I mean, first we couldn't say yellow. Mm-hmm. Then we couldn't say oriental. Next you're gonna tell me we can't say ching-chong. Yeah, you could, you could never say that. If you have questions, comments, concerns, compliments, corrections, criticisms, or concepts for content, contact the show via email at godlessrevolution at gmail.com, by text or voicemail at 330-81-REBEL, or Twitter the twatter at TGR Podcast. Thank you! Alright, so it is the 5th of November, and I would be remiss if I did not say that we should remember, remember the 5th of November, gunpowder, treason, and plot... And just a quick mention that Guy Fox is no fucking hero. He was a murderous, treasonous bastard who did what he did because of his religious beliefs. So fuck him.
And I can think of no reason why that element of the gunpowder treason should ever be forgot. <laughs> Thank you. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It was, I mean, uh, the whole, the whole thing was that there were these ongoing switchovers and battles between Protestants and Catholics for a very, very long time. And Guy Fox was part of this Catholic plot to fucking murder a bunch of people <laughs> to, to blow yeah, up parliament. The plot for the um, Sherlock Holmes movie. And uh, was going to blow up Parliament. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Uh huh. <laughs> uh. So, uh, speaking of uh, uh, murderous traitors and treason and stupid people, uh, what 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 was it that you wanted to talk about, Ryan? Oh, I just wanted to mention the fact that um, a bunch of QAnon people showed up for a parade this week, mm-hmm. uh, in which. JFK Jr. was going to make an appearance. Oh, really? He didn't. Well, um, I'm surprised. Why didn't he? Has he got better uh, things to do? Because he's, he's dead. Dead. Oh. <laughs> well, she's uh, D E A D dead. Uh huh. Are you sure? But uh, I've heard he's uh, alive. I've seen the, the 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 footage of it. I mean, actually, his his murderer just got out of jail. Oh, really? Did he now? Yeah, I thought uh, I thought Sir Hanserheim just got a uh, parole this year. Well, I, I think you're confusing JFK Jr. with somebody else. Um, do I got to? Didn't JFK Jr. <laughs> JFK Jr. die in a fucking crime uh, plane crash? Oh yeah, he did. It was it was John <laughs> Kennedy's brother Robert who was killed by Robert Kennedy who yeah. was killed by Sir Han Sirhan. Uh-huh. Sir Han Sirhan didn't show up either. Um, <laughs> But apparently people said they saw Robin Williams, who is also dead. And he would have attended a QAnon rally for reasons? I don't know why. Apparently this QAnon rally had a whole bunch of dead celebrities just showing up to it because they're they're, um, not dead? Not super bright people? I would say based on the way that he raised his daughter Zelda, I would be astounded to see Robin Williams showing up at a QAnon rally to do anything but mock the shit out of them. Uh Mm -hmm. And you saying that, well, I I guess I I liked it quite a bit. I've been a big Robin Williams fan. I I got to shake Robin Williams' hand and give him a hug while in Afghanistan. So You gave him a hug? That's awesome. Oh yeah. I got That's to go really up on cool. stage. That was the one role of film that didn't develop from my roles of film. Oh, film damn it. With the photo of me and Robin Williams together. He, um, um, he really enjoyed cycling, um, when oh, he yeah. was still alive and he had a home in, uh, in Pineview near where I grew up in, in St. George, right? Like basically a town over from where I grew up in St. George. And there was a like mom and pop bike shop that I frequented to do maintenance on my own bicycle. And one day I went in there when I was in high school and no shit. There was Robin Williams wearing a hat, like black, like black sunglasses, like big beard. Trying to hide a little yeah, bit. And I, I looked at him and I double took and I triple took. And, and after the triple take, he looked at me, lowered his eyes, eyeglasses a little bit, put a finger to his lips, <laughs> shook his head and continued about his business. <laughs> And I was like, oh, right, awesome. I'm not going to fuck with you, Rob. <laughs> well, being that you were in high school, it's probably around the same time I met him. Cause it would have been, uh, it was 2003. Mm. Uh, no, for me, him. it was closer to like 2005, 2006. Okay. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Cause I, when I was in Afghanistan in 2003, he came over there for his Christmas tour mm. mm-hmm. and fucking hilarious. Oh, I bet. Oh man. 
Yeah. Like, good man. I, World I can, uh, I can remember him making jokes about there not being any women in the crowd and him jerking off with a bottle of water. <laughs> what? <sighs> we were at a, we were yeah, at basically, <laughs> I mean, at the time it was basically, I mean, you, you could consider it like a fob, a Ford operating oh, yeah. base in yeah, Afghanistan. Yeah. Kandahar wasn't big at that point. There's only a few, mm-hmm. there was maybe a thousand of us there. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of like a little fob at the time. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he was making a joke about the fact that there were no women and what do we do? And all there is is water. There's no alcohol. You can't drink. And he's making jokes about that shit. And he took a nice. bottle of water and he was like, <laughs> like you do, like you do. Yeah. Um, I found out fun facts, less funny facts, but fun fact that Kandahar is named after Alexander the Great. Really? That's where it gets its name. Yeah. I did yeah, he renamed that. a shit ton of cities when he was carving his warpath from Macedonia to uh, India. And among the many cities like Alexandria, right, that he named after himself, uh, Kandahar was one of the ones that huh. in its, like, the way that Pashtun or whichever language it is they speak in that area, like, translated it, came out to Kandahar. I, I also find it funny when most people realize I'm, I was Air Force. And they go, mm-hmm. oh, you were in Afghanistan, so you were in uh, Kabul, right? I'm like, no, I was in Kandahar. They're like, Air Force weren't in Kandahar. It's like, like yeah, they need firefighters, right? We <laughs> were firefighters in Kandahar before it <laughs> none of the other the services case. have firefighters. None of the other ones have them, so we were there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. On other notes of, of crazy, have you guys been paying attention to the uh, Kyle Rittenhouse trial? Oh. Only minimally. Honestly, yeah. the only coverage I've followed on that is what happens in the New York Times Daily or the Opening Arguments podcasts. I've, uh, well, the first thing that I noticed that was bullshit that happened before we recorded last week was that the uh, prosecutors were not allowed to call the people that were killed victims. Mm. If I can interject. Um, so... Not to recommend some other show, right? But yeah, but they oh, please do. I don't mind recommending in, other in, shows at all. Yeah. In great detail, they discuss that in opening arguments. Let me grab the episode number for you, real quick. Here, this is on the fly, so I'm gonna have to, yeah. to dig real quick. Yeah, it was a but really recent episode, up. but I know it was uh, very recent. Um, also, and re- there we I go. Think- uh, Opening arguments five thirty eight. Uh, it was published October 29th on the like Patreon feed, so it might have been a day or two after that. But yeah, episode five thirty eight, the Rittenhouse trial instructions explained. They specifically go after that. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and the short version is is that in the opening statements of the court case, you are and are not allowed to, um like basically poison the jury by describing individuals associated with the case in one way or the other. Mm -hmm. Um, But the judge did say that if you can demonstrate over the course of the case that the, the victims and we can call them victims, right? Mm. Um, That the victims were say looters or rioters, then like if the defense thinks that that's an effective way of like presenting their case, they can, but then you're trying to convince a jury like that those they, people they categorically weren't. deserved it when they weren't. Yeah. Um, and so it was, it was almost more of like a, your funeral to the, uh, to the defense, right. In oh, yeah. regard, but 
But um, yeah, well, and, as, and as language... far as them not being allowed to be called victims, that's fairly standard across most Is it really? circuits. Yeah, yeah because yeah. language well, matters. Like, you've language matters. They are in fact victims. You can't call them victims. Well, yeah. They might have done that. Call them the deceased. Because um, in other news, FBI has planes tracking all these uh, protests. You probably already knew that. And I actually saw a thing where a guy was a, a guy was a he was his hobby was tracking airplanes. Mm -hmm. And he noticed certain airplane routes that didn't look correct. And he had, ended up going into the logs and finding out, mm -hmm. oh, these are FBI airplanes. Really? He, I did not right. know that. Um, yeah. After the show, and you have to link me that. I'll have um, to find it again. But yeah, he, he found yeah. out that by tracking, like he liked tracking fl flight paths. And he noticed some odd flight paths and he noticed these names of these flights all kind of lined up throughout the U.S. And he was the one that basically blew the cover that the FBI is putting aircrafts above protests for like Black Lives Matter protests and surveilling them. Well, in the Kyle Rittenhouse case, they ended up using some of the footage from one of those FBI airplanes that showed hmm. Kyle Rittenhouse chasing the first person he shot. Okay, that's pretty damning. Yeah. They show him basically chasing him through the parking lot and shooting. And the defense's argument now is, well, you hear a shot, then you hear five shots. We don't know who shot that first shot. It's like, yes, but you know who shot those five shots was Rittenhouse pumping five rounds into this guy's head. Mm. Yeah. You know that. And yeah. here's an FBI surveillance footage of Rittenhouse mm -hmm. chasing that guy through the parking lot before he shot him five times. That is while I have so many questions, I can't even get in the neighborhood of asking in this environment. <laughs> I will, I will find, uh, I think vice news actually did a big story on the guy that was tracking those flight paths. I saw it about a year ago. I'll find that, yeah. that story. Yeah, and please do. Please it do. Was, it was fucking and, and I'm sorry. How he discovered we will it. probably never cover more on this subject, but, uh, I'm, I'm very We're kind of just doing a roundup of crazy news right now. Yeah. Yeah. Stuff is um, oh, one thing I wanted to talk about real quick. Um, if you follow other sources, you probably will have heard something to this effect as well, but I just wanted to make sure we covered it here. Um, so uh, Democrats lost the governorship in Virginia this week. Um, yes. If you live under a rock, right, you may not have heard that until just now. Um, but Democrats did hold on to the governorship of New Jersey just barely. And that's despite having a 16 and a 10 point lead in those states, right? Um, and a lot of, uh, you know, pundits have come out saying, oh, is this the death knell for Democrats? And like, this is, you know, the cost of having too many progressives and not being centrist enough, or this is the cost of not being progressive enough, right? Like everybody's taking a take on it, right? And I personally um, ascribe to this, right? Um, as long as it has been the case that New Jersey and Virginia have had their elections for governor the year after the president is elected and anytime it has been the case that the governorship has been held in those states by the same party as the person who was just elected president those states have gotten their control shifted to the opposite party so historically for example if there was a republican president and there was a republican governor of new jersey and or virginia um, that governor would lose and a Democrat would come into power and vice versa. The only time that that pattern has ever been beaten is with Ronald Reagan and with Joe Biden. 
uh, mm. in the sense that Joe Biden did lose Virginia, but he kept New Jersey, which has not happened ever except for with Ronald Reagan. So, yeah, it's bad. But if you look at long term trends versus the short term trend of like the plus 16, plus 10 in those states for the presidential election, um, it provides a lot more context than, you know, oh, something is seriously wrong with the Democratic Party. Mm-hmm. That's that's, well, it, that's my take on that issue. Sorry, now I'm done. Yeah, and well, it, I mean, it's much the same with what happens with Congress during midterms. After yeah. after a president is elected, regardless of the party, he almost Maybe. always loses, you know, one or both houses of Congress yeah. in the midterms. And with how tight it is right now, it's probably going to shift. But also at the same hand, some of those have not been the same lately. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, it's at the end weird. of the day, the big thing is, is vote and run and yes. support campaigns, do phone calls, do do door to door. Now, if you've had your vaccine and your update, right. Run for your librarian office. Yeah. 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 Run for run for librarian. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Tiffany. I had to make that joke real did, quick. Did we cover Taylor that on the up. show? Did I do my Mia culpa on, on the show as well as on Facebook? I'm sorry, Tiffany. I know that it requires a master's degree and a lot of work <laughs> to be a librarian that you can't just run for that. I, just um, had, to, I had to make Taylor feel bad again. Oh no, absolutely. That's that's <laughs> keep me in check, Ryan. It's the only thing stopping me from becoming like the next Steve Bannon. Um, <laughs> I hope there's more than that keeping you from becoming the next Steve Bannon. I, I mean, also, uh, I can't Conscience? drink as much as I used to after some food poisoning, and uh, I have ethics. I ethics. think that's the other one. Ethics. Yep. yep. Oh, that's that one's a tricky one to get over. It's really tricky. Otherwise, I would have already made lots of money by selling like gemstones and fucking essential oils to Utahns. So you're welcome. <laughs> well, and and I can attest to the fact that food poisoning fucking sucks, man. Yeah. <laughs> we, oh, dude. Yeah, yeah. We had that conversation. It was yeah. We yep. got quite a bit of feedback uh, over last week's Uh-oh. episode. Just that. No, it was it was good. Like people, oh, okay. people enjoyed it. They thought my story was fun or funny. Um, <laughs> Your anguish was funny. So I'm glad. So I'm glad I could, you know, <laughs> that that I could wring some gold or spin some gold out of that fucking misery that I was in. It was fucking terrible. I hope it never happens again. Oh yeah. But uh, I had I had by way of feedback. I've got to find the exact line I was given because it was hilarious um (laughs) gosh what was it um oh yeah yeah um i had listener ted sellen shot me a message and he was like your bat screech looking for the cheerios in the grocery store (laughs) store had me dying the other people on the trail thought i was crazy (laughs) (laughs) oh he was out doing some hiking and yeah yeah, That's yeah. He, he goes on walks pretty frequently like me. So, yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. So, I know. For, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, I know Freethinker215 also sent us a message. And I apologize for us not doing our own impersonation of Krusty the Clown, but um, feel free to keep giving us more Simpsons ones. I think tonight we will try to do our own impersonation of Krusty the Clown. Oh, really? Depends on who it lands on. I'm I'm putting that on who it's gonna fuck. Wow, 
It, it's <laughs> gonna oh, you know, you're out of the military. You don't have to do the volunteering thing anymore. <laughs> That's funny. I always tell on myself I'm horrible at that. Yeah, I don't know that I have a crusty impression. I've never attempted. Well, tonight might be your first. Oof. Make Oof. it happen, Dan. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, sure, maybe we'll have to see. We'll have to see how it shakes out. And, but we have run out of time for this episode. Uh, thank you all very much for listening. Thank you guys for joining me. Before we go, I want to make sure that we thank our Patreon supporters. That would be two skeptical chaps, Alan Firth. Don't be a Richard. Hunter Grin. John McCullough. A noble spirit embiggens the smallest man. A perfectly cromulent statement. Ollie Olson. Sinead Duffy. Steve Kuno. Stephen Andrus. Tiffany Hudson. Vanessa. All hail Peanut Butra. Corey Burt. Jeff Peterson. Jeremy Goodson. Matt Sanders. Megan Mitchell. The guy that asks questions before he finishes the show. Alex Jones, Gay Frog Brigade. Utah Outcasts. Wesley Aaron. Janet Uter. Purple Dragon. Sarah Segovia. Savita Kuna. Ted Sellen. Tim Jacobson. Trisha Weir. Ryan Mayfield. Krusty the Clown wants you to please support Camp Quest. Better than I would have done. And James. <laughs> hey. hey. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you guys very much. Thank you all very much for listening. I hope you enjoy the rest of your week. I'm out. I got to go install some fans. I got to yeah. burn some wood. I, uh, I've got to watch, not got to, I get to watch the Eternals in uh, uh, like half an hour. Woo, so. Lucky. Have fun. Has it got the right device selected, Ryan? Like, does it say that it's your microphone? Yeah. And does the browser thing say that you're connected to the microphone? So both Google and your computer agree with each other on that. Is your gain up? I like, I like that he's trying to answer us through, through audio. There is no gain <laughs> on your microphone, is there? That's okay. All right. <laughs> Ryan, why do you have a microphone with no gain? <laughs> Check. Oh my fuck! That's better. What? What, what did you What'd do? You do. I had at some point moved the microphone and hit the fucking mute button on it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> Ryan, like, you lovable oaf! I'm like everything is hooked up right there. I looked down. I'm like, wait. Oh. I, Please tell me we're recording that. <laughs> I'm like, it doesn't have a gain button, but it's got a mute button. I'm like, normally I can hear myself in my headphones with this mic. And I can't even hear myself. What the fuck is up?